Well, welcome to those who are new to Champion Lakes. My name is Pastor Karen. Pastor Mike is away in Esperance at the moment. Keep him in your prayers. But it's been a great um, time. We had a weekend. Who was that fresh fire over the weekend? Fantastic weekend. Words were spoken. Chains were broken. People were released. God is doing something amazing. There was a softening of a ground. People, there was just people ready. They were expecting. They were just like in there. And it was just like really hard to go away from that atmosphere. Is there a male tote from Teen Challenge here? No? All right. (laughs) Well, I'm going to get into... Now, if you notice, there's a bit of a theme happening today. Who's picked up the theme? Right? God is doing, God is speaking here today. It's about the walls coming down. Amen? Who wants their walls to come down? Who is over what they're going through? Yeah, amen? All right, only a few of us. Thanks, Jill. <laughs> I am, I am. I want more of God and less of problems, amen? And so this morning, I want to speak about worshipping in the midnight hour. Ooh, who likes midnight here? Yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff happens in the midnight all right, so let's, I'm going to go straight into it because I really want to spend some time with God this morning. I want the spirit to start to move. I want to see chains broken, people released from bondages, miracles happening in this place. Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you expecting? Who's hungry? Who's thirsty? Come on. Let's go. All right. All right. Let's go to Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 30. And when you get there. Say, Gloria a Dios. <laughs> Back to my Spanish roots. All right. Say, Glory to God. We Acts 16. Okay. Hey, Gary, why don't you read that for me? Yes, please. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Come on. Let's go. Have you figured out right now that you're going to have days where there's nothing goes your way? You're going to have moments, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, things just don't go good in your life or for the better. And no matter what you do, nothing is working out for you. Tell me, I feel sorry for myself right now. <laughs> Nothing's going right. Nothing's going right. But all of us have moments where we feel so discouraged. We do, right? Let's be real. I want to be real this morning. Christians, let's be real. We don't have it together. We're not perfect. I'm going to let you know that I don't have it together. I have days where I don't want to get out of bed. There are days that I don't want to be a pastor. There are days where I don't want to go to work. There are days where I don't want to pray. Yeah. Let's get real, Gail. 
There are moments where you are so traumatized and so paralyzed with fear that you can't breathe. And you have moments where you feel so discouraged by circumstances. Sometimes you feel no matter how you, to make yourself better, that you look at other things to make yourself better. Nothing is working. And it does. It becomes difficult to hear the voice of God through your heavy times. Is someone with me this morning? Right? It's almost like, yeah, I can hear something, but I can't hear that breakthrough. So over the last few weeks, Pastor Mike has been speaking. Has anyone heard him say instead of worship, the word warship? Right? So worship is, is, is about taking worship. And that's what we've been seeing over the last few months, over the last few weeks, uh, to another level. Amen? Who wants to go to another level in their worship? In their, in their praising and then their singing. And worship is all about taking the worship to another level of battle. Cause that's what we're called to do. We are here together as a church of God. And it's when the intensity of prayer and worship becomes tools to combat the enemy. Yeah. So church is like a battleship. Who likes watching action movies? Who likes to watch movies that involve the army and in the military? Yeah? It's like, well, church is like a battleship, right? So it's where we come together with one perk, purpose and focus to bring the gospel to many. Because that's what our job is to do, is to bring the Great Commission, is to spread the gospel, to see people saved so they don't perish. Amen? So battleships are there. And this is what we are. Why do we exist here in Kelmscott, on 30 Brant Road, Kelmscott, is not to look pretty. This big blue building is not there to look pretty. We're not. We are there to protect, to guard, to stay alert, with one focus, mission, and purpose to combat and defend the people that God has chosen us to lead. We are community. We are lighthouse. Are you hearing me, church? Are you hearing me? Stay with me. Many Christians, and we see this in our, in so, in so many churches. I have people saying, churches in the next 10 years, it's not going to, there's going to be hardly anyone going to churches now. Yeah, it is rubbish, Gary. <laughs> but the thing is, that's not true. That's a lie of the enemy. Because I'm still here, you're still here, together we can get out there and expand the kingdom, amen? So many Christians, though, unfortunately, through hurt and pain, have been taken out because of defeat and hopelessness. We see that more and more society. We see more of a dark cloud, people more depressed and anxious. It's easy. Who knows? Who knows it's easy to love God in the good times? Yeah, everything's so good. Yeah, I love Jesus. When you first get saved, you're like, I love Jesus. Nothing's happening to me. And then, boom, in the hard times, your love is tested, right? Love is tested in the hard times. So I want to go back to uh, Acts 16, verse 25. This is a passage that focuses on Paul and Silas. Having one of those bad hair days, as Pastor Mike will say. They had one of those days that things did not go according to plan. Who's woken up in the morning and had a plan? 
I do. And then my plans just go way out the window. I don't even get to work. My plan is gone for the day. Right? So we all have them days where things go wrong. And Paul and Silas was on their way to the house of prayer here where they were going, to the house of prayer. And a slave girl who was working for her master, her job was to predict the future. And um, she was working for someone at that time. She was working for her master. And she followed Paul and Silas around. And she actually was discerning that these men, and she was shouting out, these men are from God the Most High. And, you know, she kept this up for such a long time. Do you know, do you have people when you just want to mind your own business and they're just nagging at you, shouting at you and all you want to do and then you're just like, oh, you're trying to ignore it? Well, this was Paul and Silas. They were just going to the house of prayer and they were just minding their own business, just trying to focus and get to the to, to prayer. They, oh, I've got to get to church right now. It's 10 o'clock. This girl's slowing me down. And she was prophesying, oh, these men are from God. These men. So what they did, is I probably would have done the same thing, turn around and go in the name of Jesus. Shut up. No, but, but no, what they did was that Paul and Silas became tired and they rebuke the demons from her that possessed her. And, um, and all of a sudden she was free in Jesus name. Amen. Cause that's what we want to see in the community. We want to see people free from drugs, free from depression, free from loneliness. And what happened is, The master got angry. You took out my best worker. She can't tell anyone's future anymore. I've lost so much money. Well, I'm going to take you, Paul and Silas, to, to the, you know, in front of many and to the front of the crowd. And I'm going to post, I'm going to arrest you. And I'm going to, you know, ask them to take you to prison. And what happened? Paul and Silas were taken to prison. They were beaten. They were bound. They were shackled and they were arrested. And thrown into jail. Unfair, right? Unfair. It's like you're going to church and getting pulled up by the police. And you're like, huh, what did I do? No, you're a Christian. You're going to church. We're going to take you to jail now. Right? So verse 25 focuses on, it says, tells us that Paul and Silas started to pray and sing hymns loudly at midnight. And other prisoners were listening. Midnight. Some like it, some don't. Who gets woken up around midnight? A lot. Midnight symbolizes a dark, hopeless situation. Paul and Silas were faced with a choice to either be consumed with self-pity or they can they choose to seek God in their situation. They've been placed in a in this hole. It, it was disgusting. Can you imagine? They were placed with criminals that done far worse than them. They murdered, they cheated, whatever they did. They were placed in the same dungeon as these criminals. And this place was dark. It was dirty. It was filthy. It was, uh, yeah, it was damp. It was a damp dungeon. And they'd been placed in stocks so their muscles stretched to the limit. Can you imagine how uncomfortable that would be? That you are... All of a sudden, it's supposed to go out somewhere and then you end up in prison and you, you, every part of you is humiliated. Every part of you is just feeling, oh, what is going on? You would feel scared. You will feel like, God, where are you? Why am I here? But you know, verse 25 says 
that they started to pray and sing. Amen? Hear what I'm saying. Catch what the Spirit is saying in the place today. They started to sing. So when we come to church, when we come together corporately, we are singing. It creates an atmosphere. It becomes a faith builder as we become focused on Jesus together. Amen? Because individually, I know you can, you pray and you worship, but together corporately, we can do some stuff for Jesus. Amen? When we're focused. So then when we come into the atmosphere, when we can build up our faith, all of a sudden our problems, our problems seem to be lessened. We start to see light in the darkness. We start to see, we start to feel his glory, his power, rather than focusing on ourselves. Anyone can sing shout to the Lord when everything is going well. When life is good, when you've got money in the bank, when your kids are great, when your marriage is strong, when your business is going well, when you're happy, when you love your church and everything is right with the world, we're happy to sing shout to the Lord. I love how Paul and Silas had the ability to sing praises to God at midnight because what they did is what I want. I want to be a real crew. I want to be real. I want to be authentic. I want to know no matter what comes my way, I can still sing to God. So I want to encourage you that through your midnight hour, people of God, that praise is possible. Amen? Say to the person next to you, praise is possible. There have been times in my life where I thought I'll never be encouraged and, uh, yeah, and I had to keep reminding myself of the mercy and goodness of God. I had to keep reminding myself that hope will appear one day. Amen. And then all of a sudden, suddenly I felt like, yeah, I felt uplifted. And I'm not saying to you that it's all going to be smooth sailing. There are moments you've got to keep overcoming. You've got to keep focusing. But what it did for me is when I learned how to praise, then I had to, it actually helped me take the weight of the burden off my life. It helped me to feel release. It helped me to experience joy, joy. We heard that from Gail today, joy, joy of the Lord is my strength. No matter what, the joy in the midst of my life and, and um, storms and challenges, I just knew praise was doing something to change me. It is possible to praise the Lord in hardship. True? It is true. Um, I had a moment a couple of weeks ago where um just felt like my whole body was on fire. I was just tired, exhausted, and like nothing, no words, and I was praying. And all of a sudden, I just I was so desperate. All I wanted to do is get back home and crank up my worship, lay on my bed, and I did that for an hour. And guess what? It was like just lifted me up out of the miry clay. I felt so much better having a moment with God. It works, people of God. You don't have to switch on your TV or your, your laptop or look for other means to to feel uplifted. Praise works. In one sense, it's a choice and not a feeling. I could choose not to praise God. I could choose to believe it's not possible. 
and I don't rely on my feelings. Oh my goodness, can you imagine we rely on our emotions? We'll be all over the place. It's a choice to praise God. It becomes our personal battle cry. Even when our run, you know, as I said, it's like you start off with Jesus and you're like, yeah, I love Jesus. You know, oh my gosh, he's so awesome. You're running for Jesus. And all of a sudden, boom, another problem comes around, another circumstance, another situation. Life gets harder. And then all of a sudden you're like, I love Jesus. You're crawling. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm coming to church. I love Jesus. And you're crawling sometimes coming into church. And then our shout becomes like, shout to the shout to the Lord. <laughs> like how many of Christians are like that? Like we can scream, shout out, shout to the Lord. But when we feel heavy and our hearts are hardened, it starts to become like a whimper. You know, sometimes the music team's like, come on, shout and praise. And you're like, yeah, because that's a whimper. You, you know, it's like, oh, I'm so tired. We can wait. We have to come into this atmosphere and wait upon the Lord with expectation in our heart. Amen. He is faithful and he is true. So if we can't praise him, listen, church, if we can't praise him for our circumstances, we can praise him in spite of them. Amen. In the midnight hour, turn your dark dungeon into a house of prayer and worship. Amen. Um, I remember when um, my son, when he was doing his exams, he goes, I like coming in your room, mum. And open my laptop and I just need to sit on your bed and just focus on God. Because when I enter your bedroom, it's like I can feel the atmosphere of God. It's because I created my bedroom to be a house of prayer and worship. My, well, my bedroom. Well, my whole house is. But that particular one, it was like my space. And he could just feel. So even there were some dark times in my bedroom. There was lots of crying. And it felt like a dark dungeon. But I turned that around in a house of prayer and worship. Dr. John Piper said, who knows Dr. John Piper? He's a theologian. He um, does a lot of studies. He says the universe exists so that we may, may, sorry, that we may live in a way that demonstrates that Jesus is more precious than life. That truth does not answer all questions, but it does provide the framework for an answer that will prove true and strong in the worst moments of our life. When tragedy strikes, when life caves in, when your plans are dashed on the jagged rocks of reality, when you find yourself in a place you never wanted to be, that's when you discover what you really believe. As long as things are going good, you don't really know what you believe. It's all academic. You discover, hear me church, you discover your theology at midnight. You discover who your God is in the midnight hour. You discover everything that you believe, everything you've been taught in your midnight hour. And I've discovered that the more I focus on my problems, the bigger they grow. And the more I focus on the Lord, the smaller my problems seem to go, being more insignificant. Amen. In your midnight hour, praise your way out. Praise your way out. Sing, sing, sing. 
I said, God, I love worshipping you, but you miss my voice. I wish I had that gift. But doesn't stop me. We have professionals up here. I can still sing. <laughs> we sing. I love to sing, sing, sing. Sing louder, church. Sing louder, church. Sing louder, individual. Sing louder, man of God. Sing louder, woman of God. Sing louder. Chains will break. Amen? Foundations will move. Prison doors will open. Do you hear the sound? We read that scripture about Paul's... The earthquake came. Things started to move. Prison doors open. Who believes that? Who wants to see that in your life? You might be feeling caged up right now. You might be feeling broken. You might be feeling all like you're restricted and that you can't move from your situation, from your dark dungeon. But I want to encourage you this morning that the Lord is with you. He is hearing your cry. He is hearing that sound. And the doors, the prison doors will open. Can I get an amen? Come on. Come on. Who am I preaching to? You should be excited that you are about to be released out of the prison doors. No limitation. No restrictions. Hear the sound, church. What is the community hearing out there? What is Perth hearing? What is Australia hearing? Is it hearing whimpering? Or is it hearing like shouts of joy, shouts of praise coming from Champion Lakes Christian Center? Come on, sing louder. Your praise releases not you, but others to see things are possible. I am here because someone praised their way out. You are here because someone praised your way out. Someone was praying for you. I want to focus quickly on the jailer, on the, on the person, on the jail, on the prison guard. He was the one that seems to have the most freedom in the story. He's no slave girl and he's not locked up by Paul and Cyrus. Yet, when the earthquake happened, we immediately see how bound this man is. Hear me. This prison guard exists in a system that makes it, it seem like he's taking his own life. Hear what I'm saying? Taking his own life is the only possible solution. How many do we see take their own life in this generation? Because all they think, they're bound up by a system, bound up by society's expectation. And when one thing happens, like an earthquake in their life, they're quick to quit on life. This was this man's situation. He exists in a system that will punish him for the escape of prisoners, even though it would have been due to circumstances completely beyond his call. He, he couldn't have helped an earthquake came through. He can't help the power of God coming through. He seemed free, but he was also very bound. Chained to a system that means his life can come crashing down around him with one unexpected earthquake. He has power, though he seems, but he knows his power is weak and it can be snatched away from him any moment. He should be calm and in control. Listen, this man was a prison guard. He was also a captain. He was full of authority and power. Yet in his weakest moment, in his vulnerable moment, when he felt out of control, he should have been like, yeah, I've got this, I've got this. But he didn't get anything. It was Paul and Silas who had to comfort him because of the spirit of God that was in them. Power, status, wealth, position, these things give us illusion of freedom, but it's not freedom. 
But the hidden costs are deeply soul crushing. Meaning this man, this prison guard felt like his life was worthless without his position. Don't believe in the lie that you need to be in a position of power and authority to be accepted because that's a lie from the enemy. You are loved by your father, by your creator, by your God. And how easily can many of us be chained by external things that promise us to give us value, promises freedom, and leaves us feeling bound? Well, just I'm just going to keep doing this, and I'm going to keep sewing here, and I'm going to keep working harder. You are bound by a system. Just like Samson, you know, he knew the power of God, but then he was bound by a system where all he was doing was just going round and round in circle, feeling bound up and chained. There was no release in his mouth, in his life. Our battles can be won through praise. Do you believe that church? Our battles can be won through praise. In Psalm 22 verse 3, the word declares that God himself inhabits the praises of his people. Praising God in the hard times doesn't minimize or deny heaviness of the heart. You're going to have bad days. And there are days where you just don't feel like doing anything. But I want to encourage you, church, to redirect your focus from off yourself and redirect it on God. God's got it. God's got it. Trust him. He never changes. His word is consistent. His promise is never to leave us or abandon his children. So you can count on God to be there in your hard times and in your good times. His presence never leaves you. Even when our emotions can't confirm it. Sometimes we're feeling angry, sad, frustrated, depressed. We're like, oh, I love you, God, but I just, it's not matching up to what I'm feeling. Count that he is with you. Talk to him. You can tell him anything. Just let it, let him in. Let him near to your heart. He is near to the brokenhearted. I'm just going to invite the band to come, the worship team to come up. Who wants to be an overcomer in this place? Yeah, come on. Come on. Who wants to be an overcomer in this place? The Bible says the overcomers in the book of Revelation in 7... Chapter 7 and 14 are praises. Amen? Are praises. And they sing a new song before the throne. The 144,000 seen here are the reps of the tribes of Israel. One of these tribes is the tribe of Judah. And what does Judah mean? Praise. And we can clearly see that one of the attributes of the 144,000 is the attitude of praise. I want to belong to that tribe. I want to be a tribe of Judah. I want to be a praiser. Come on, we need more praises in our world. We need some more praises in our churches. We need to lift up this dark cloud over this city, over our community, and let them know there is hope, there is light. No one wants to see a depressed Christian. It doesn't fill seats in churches. You make them run away. You are scary. We just be, I'm not saying you can't have a bad, a hard day, but take that to God. Deal it with you and God. 
God, God, you know what? I'm struggling today, but in your strength, I'm going to get through this. Today, God, I'm feeling sad, but I know you're going to comfort me and give me strength. Have a chat. Scream in your car. I like screaming in my car. Who screams in there? Who praises in their car? When, when I can't get my frustrations out, I'm like, I get in my car and I drive and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so the kids don't get scared. But, you know, but it's true, right? You're, you're praising, you're, you're, you're declaring and you're pulling down walls and you're prophesying. Come on, God, this is enough's enough. I can't deal with this situation anymore. Enough's enough. You've got to start being fighters. Don't lay down and whimper. <laughs> Get up. Get up and fight. Be a praiser. Worship your way through the midnight hour. Singing brings release. Praising brings breakthrough. And building a house of prayer is what we want to do here at Champion Lakes. That brings strength. Strength not only to you, to us as a family and to others out there. Because it's not about me or you. It's about us getting better for others. You have one life, one moment. You're not 21 forever. Use your time wisely. Use your youth, use the time in your youth wisely. Use the time that once you get into wisdom, use that wisely. What are we going to do, church? What are we going to do? We've got to point people to Jesus. Ultimately, he's the one who heals the distressed soul. The Holy Spirit comes into the hearts to overflow. And I encourage you to embrace the Holy Spirit because he is your comfort. He is your friend. He is the one who's going to tell you and talk to you and confirm and give you wisdom and help you through situation. He is your helper. Just allow him to overflow your heart this morning. Just say, Holy Spirit, turn the light on in my dark time. Turn the light on in the darkness and what I'm going through. God has prepared a mansion for you, Christian. He hasn't prepared a dungeon for you. He has prepared a room that is the best for you. He wants you to come out from the darkness, out of that dark room and into the light. He's prepared a table before your enemies. He's asking you to sit and enjoy what he has for you. There is power in the flow of the Spirit. Amen. Who believes that? He will meet you where you are. I want you to stand to your feet. If you are feeling broken, you're feeling despair, you're feeling like you've been in a dark dungeon for a while and you're thinking, I'm, I'm so tired, God. I feel so stretched. I feel so exhausted. I feel I cannot emotionally give out anymore. My body is hurting. I'm so disappointed. I'm so disillusioned. I don't even know if I have faith. 
I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to sing. I feel so imprisoned. I so feel so bound up. Then I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you this morning. It's just to lay it all down and sing. The Bible says, sing, O barren woman, sing. Sing, O barren woman. It's talking about a dry place within your spirit, in your soul. And today we want to pray rivers of living water to be released in every person here. So when we sing, spirit break out. And that bit about praise, that that sentence when it comes out, we're going to lift our voices in praise. I want you to shout. I want you to sing it. I want you to get up. I want you to understand that when Paul and Silas started to sing and pray, the earth started shaking. Foundations will move. Your situation is going to change today by you singing your way through. If you're feeling blocked,